Hey, Peter. Hey. We've heard your backstory, your origin story. Yes. It's time for mine. Is this going to include an album of blues classics from High Ridge by any chance? No, but it, it does include John Denver. Mm. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Music advice and inspiration coming at you. Coming at you. Peter, is John Denver something you might be interested in? Um, you might be interested in. Uh, I mean, no, I'm not disinterested, but I'm super interested in hearing how this is a part of your jazz origin story. Now, you do realize this is Adam's jazz origin story. This is not Adam's origin story. I, I, I do realize that. Okay. But, you know, I do come from Jeffco, right? Yes. Out in the country. Yes. And so part of my origin story, just as a musician in general, something that was a big part of me, my dad was uh, in folk bands mm. in the 70s. So we'll get right into it. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, but some of my earliest uh, memories of making music was when my dad would get out his guitars on the weekend, usually, because, you know, he worked a full time job during the week. And on Saturdays or Sundays, he would usually get out his guitars. He had um, a beautiful 12 string uh, guitar he would get out he had a, a fender stratocaster he would sometimes get out when i was a, a kid he actually was the fender it was the same fender stratocaster from Wayne, wayne's world that white white on white fender stratocaster he would get out he would play i bet it's i bet he sounded way better than the wayne's world guys he sounded pretty good actually he would play like surf rock tunes he would play a lot of folk music and so some of the earliest things i did were at bonfires and family get-togethers is to sing old folk tunes. Well, they were old to me. Folk <laughs> tunes that my dad used to play. And one of those first ones uh, was this one. Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Country roads take me home to the place I belong. West Virginia. That's just a good song, man. That's yeah. that's a good song right there. So you just got to imagine a little five-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old Adam singing this with full enthusiasm. Oh, yeah. You know, and earnestness. It yeah. really, and you know, now that I think about it, actually, like it's my jazz origins, but you know, I make a lot of different kinds of music in my, yeah. in my career. And this is certainly in my DNA, this kind of thing. Well, I think too that, uh, you know, this is really about, it's certainly our, wh where we ended up was jazz, among other places, as you say. But um, this is just like love of music and family. And like, he, you know, saying that with your dad, like for me, with my parents, like music was just something. It was like food or, yeah. you know, for some families, although we like that, too. But it was just like something that you associate with joy totally. and with life. And what a great gift. I mean, I know that you're giving it to your kids. They're super musical and, and appreciation and players and stuff. And my kids are as well. Like this is the best gift we can give them. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's memories forever. You yeah. Know, to, to, to sing with your dad is, is incredible. You got to get your dad. Has your dad done a little John Denver or a little folk guitar for the grandkids? Because you can jump generations sometimes. He definitely has. He That's definitely cool. Yeah. The, the grandkids. I've been trying. So some, some, here's a funny story. So my sister, I have a little sister, Julie. She yes. lives in Brooklyn now. Yeah. But uh, she never played. She was kind of, 
she kind of played a little clarinet in, in middle school, whatever, but she never played music. It wasn't until she was in her 20s, she moved to Austin, Texas. She started playing upright bass. Well, because you're in nowhere. the music capital of the country. You're I think Austin, they require right? you the to play music. the upright <laughs> bass when you move to Austin. She learned how to play. And I was like, oh, Julia, when you come back, we got to form a Manus family band. Dad on guitar, me on the keys, you on the bass. But That's we never, interesting. We never did. Uh, so I started piano a little later than you. I had uh, some, some keyboard instruments around the house, uh, and I started picking songs off the radio when I was really little, five years old, mm. learning Beach Boys songs off of tapes that I, that I would have, um, soundtrack tapes and things like that. And uh, it wasn't until I was 10 that I started lessons, and one of the first things I started was this. This Ma is the piano roll version too, isn't it? Piano roll yeah. version. Maple leaf rag, Scott Joplin. Ha. Scott, Scott Joplin was improvising a little bit off, off of his sheet music. <laughs> Swampy, man. It is. Groovy. Amazing. Maple Leaf Rag, Scott Joplin. I mean, like I, like we said with yours, um, it really is like... Uh, That's the ultimate gateway drug into the jazz piano. Totally. Right? Totally true. Yeah. Uh, so a complete 180, you know, a, a big part of getting into improv improvisation, getting into the sounds of jazz yeah. was my dad's record collection. Huge jazz record uh, fan. Uh, there was a lot of like Charlie Bird and Stan Getz mm. and Oscar Peterson and things like that. Of course, but uh, this is a record, not jazz at all, but something that he used to play in the car all the time. And this was the first time I remember thinking, like, what's happening? <laughs> what is going on here? Not Dad jazz. Dad was hip. Dad was kind of hip. There's a road solo in this <laughs> yes. that is so killing. And I remember thinking, like, how does that work? Yeah. Is this Steve, Steve Gadd? Steely Dan, Steve Gadd. Steve Gadd, yeah. Black Cow from Asia, of course. That bass drum. Let's see if we can catch uh. the road solo. There it is. I think this is Joe Sample. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Woo! There's more in line. So really the first time, you know, a lot of Steely Dan in the car, and I think it really influenced, like, just like, there's no other, like, when you hear that compared to what's on Top 40 Radio in the mid-80s, yeah. you're like, what in the hell is going on here? Like, what what are those chords? What is happening? That's actually Victor Feldman. Is it Victor Feldman? I think so, yeah. Oh, my God, that's so cool. But I know there's there's another... There's something else from Asia that Joe, I think Joe Samuels is on there too. I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's right. Some Dan head is going to let us know. Oh, yeah, for sure. So it wasn't too long after bumping some Steely Dan and, and starting to understand what it is that, you know, I was. Bumping the Dan. Bumping the I was But a, you were listening. That record had been out for a minute by the time. Oh, oh no. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this was, they were listening to Steely Dan's greatest hits. In okay, the car right. All As the time. I was, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but he also had this on vinyl, uh, Asia. He had mm. a lot of great vinyl, a lot of Ohio players, like mm. Wint Wilson Pickett, like a lot of soul music. Um, but uh, at this, around the same time is when I, I was a band nerd, of course. I played saxophone in the concert band in uh, middle school. I played uh, 
drums in the marching band in high school and there wasn't really a lot of piano for me to play in band until I got to high school and I, I got into the jazz band. Uh, and then the first year I was played piano in the jazz band, I made all district. Nice. Which is like uh, the, I think you'd have all suburban in St. Louis County, but Jeff Coe had all district. Yeah. I made that. I never played jazz before. I didn't have any lessons with anybody or even really listened to it up until that point, yeah. but I could figure out music. Right? Did you go to one of those, those, uh, what were they? Festivals? Where they judge you, East Central they, College. Yeah, 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 out in East, out in Union, Missouri. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna be there. <laughs> You're gonna be there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to East Central. Uh, but yeah, I was out there, and I really at that point realized, like, oh, I think I love this. Like, I think I really like this. So, uh, I'll never forget one of the adjudicators um, out there recommended to my parents. They were like, get him some Oscar Peterson albums mm -hmm. and get him some Bill Evans albums. Can I just say real quick yeah. before you play this? Big shout out to music. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Because I'm just thinking about, I had a similar thing. Like, think about, like, you know, other bands and, like, music crosses over a lot of bridges. We we both grew up in St. Louis, which is known as, uh, at one time, at one time, this was kind of the undis indisputed, undisputed, uh, most segregated city in America. For sure. Um, and especially when you get into the county and stuff and the city. Um, but, like, music, even back in the 70s and 80s when we were coming up, like cut through a lot of that, you know, in a way that the only other thing, like especially with high schools and stuff, uh, the only other thing was athletics. But that was always like you're competing against these other schools. You go in there, we're going to kick your butt at football and everything. But music is like that was the time when we got to meet other musicians, uh, other, you know, students from Absolutely. other areas. And, and, you know, things weren't as open and connected as they are now. And it's because of music, you know. Really, uh, truly not a lot of lines drawn in the sand for music yeah. in this town, at least. And, yeah. and a real way to like to experience you yeah. know, that. So uh, for me, it was for sure. It was the foot in the door uh, to so much of the world. Um, and so the first records I got were actually Oscar Peterson and Bill Evans Verve Jazz Masters. Yes. Do you remember these compilations oh, from the absolutely. 90s? With that horrible logo. I mean, the I got it queued yeah. up right here. <laughs> but it introduced me to this. No, man. So, you know, <laughs> at this point, like, I'm, again, this was all happening a little bit further down the line than I think it might have been for you, but I was probably 14 or 15 when yeah. I first got these records. Yeah. And again, I heard this and I was like, I, I want to feel like that for the rest of my life. Mm. And then this next one I heard and I thought, well, how does, how does this work? Mm. I'll, I'll never this is Bill Evans Israel and again this is from Explorations but I just had it on a compilation of Verve Jazz Masters Company yeah. and I remember having the CD going in my dad's car yeah. and asking him like what is happening what is the drummer doing why are they doing that Yeah. because like, everything else is like Right. He was like, I don't know. Put Black Cow back on. Well, no, no, no. We, we, it was funny because he didn't really, he didn't know. And really, he, I was like, what is the bass player doing? Are they reading this? Is that is a piano yeah. improvising? Right, right. I had so many questions. Yeah. And he, and there was no internet for him to be like, how does jazz work? There was no open My studio. My son wants it, right. You know. So he was like, I think. He's like, I think they're all improvising. And I was like, no. And he's like, yeah, I think they're all. He's like, I think he was actually pretty spot on. He's like, I think there's a structure. Yeah. And there's a there's a tune and then the 
all each player is improvising their own thing to it, right? Right. And I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I was just mind blown. And like, lo and behold, uh, Lester Manis there. Shout out to, to <laughs> shout out to dads too. That's right. You know, mom that's and dads right. for for helping along the way. So that was really when I first got into like that was and well then, shout out to moms for doing everything else except what we're talking exactly, about. Here. Exactly. <laughs> we're like yeah our dads yeah. our moms are listening right now seething they're like oh we literally this was one percent of your yeah, upbringing. I drove him to those <laughs> piano lessons every damn day. Right. I the drove him to Union Missouri. That's right. The dads were like our dads were passed out drinking beer while the moms did everything. And he's like I think they're just making it up as they go along. Every two and a half years they would like drive us somewhere and, like play a track. That's our memories. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> but I'll never forget. So, so that was kind of like the music that was like, you should listen to this, like a lot yeah. of shoulds when you're that age, but yeah. I'll never forget the first thing I, I heard. And then I went out and got on my own of, can I just, I just want to ask you one thing sure. about their Bill Evans, because hearing that again, you know, I wonder for you and for the ones I pick and for a lot of people, if the, like the way that track starts, I mean, there's so many we we could list a hundred Bill Evans tracks that of his albums and what things that he played on where he did amazing. Th I mean, like he was very consistent, like playing at a high level. Absolutely, explore. I mean, but this record, the way that track starts, like and the sound of it and all the instrument, it is so compelling. It really is. You know, I mean, it's it's like it's arresting. I mean, it's just like whoa, and like to your point of like I want to figure out how to do that. What's going on? How are they doing that? I think these certain tracks there are certain ones that, that pull you in even more and become part of that sort of legendary origin story. Well, and I think it's, uh, thank God that I got, you know, the the, fir the two albums that I got, the first track on the, the one compilation is Night Train. The first track on the other is Israel because yeah. like they both have such heavy vibes Yeah, where the vibe is very approachable actually. Like yeah. even though for a 14 year old, this seems heavy. has that teenage angst about it, does, it a little yeah. bit like you're like oh, he seems sad that was like, like that was like I, Soundgarden 1959 it is know? a little <laughs> sound like but it has a it has yeah. that sort of like vibe and and when you're when I was at the time in the process of like I'm just reading you know my jazz band's charts and and trying to figure this out when you're trying to figure out the music just by listening to it and you're like okay that I don't I don't know what is happening and that is very exciting yeah you know what I mean because also I don't know about you at the time I'm way cockier than I should be oh yeah I course. feel like I'm the greatest gift to music that's ever been because I'm 14 I'm 15 that's like, right I, I'm like damn right, right. like I, I also I have chops fairly young you know what I mean yeah. like like the chops like I spent time trying right. to play with some and pop music stuff you can kind of play because you like you're figuring it. out stuff on the radio and I'm, you're like <laughs> I'm like hitting Brian at everything I do like figuring it out on the girls right. are like what that's right you know it's right. great but then this comes and I'm like I have no idea what's right. happening here. Yeah. Um, so I'll never forget one of the first times I go to Jazz Jazz the Bistro and and shout out to all local clubs for fostering talent That's and right. fostering a love of the music. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of a random thing. Jackie Terrasan, uh, your boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, friend for many years. Friend for many years. No. Uh, he, Fun fact: Jackie Terrasan followed me. In wait, am I messing this up? Yes, in the Betty Carter trio. Did he really? Yeah. Well, so he was having a moment when I was 15 or so. He was, I think he had just won this monk competition, which I, or it was a couple of years yeah, prior. No, I was. Sorry, no. Same year, I got second. That's yeah, okay. Sorry, well, no. well, yeah, you know, you would have got my vote, buddy. <laughs> uh, no, but he was, he was driving around. This was one of the first trios I ever saw. So, mm. it, uh, I mean, a live trio was, you know, his trio with Leanne Parker in Uganda. Kegwa and I remember them playing this track. That was a really good trio. It was a great I trio. I saw them live around that time too. I bought this record from the show. I still own the CD, the one that I bought from the show, from oh, Jackie wow. himself. Oh, so cool. And just as a again, as a teenager, 
I, I didn't know that music could be like this. This is I Love Paris from his self-titled. So for me, man, I, I was also super into hip hop. I was super into, I mean, this was like prime, again, Soundgarden, Nirvana time. So yeah. just that drum intro, I was like, oh, like this is something that is like, you know, that feels great. That feels very crisp and modern to yeah. me. Leon Parker, amazing. So great. Man, where is Leon now? He made a reappearance. He was off the scene for a minute. Yeah. Always been one of my, he had the small set, remember? No hi-hat. Oh, is that what it was? No hi-hat on, at least at this time, there was yeah, no hi-hat no hi But it was like snare bass drum and yeah. like one tom or something why well, because i remember uh like one cymbal i went to the show with a drummer mm -hmm. friend and he was like no hi-hat and i was like i don't care it sounds great <laughs> yeah he's like the marie kondo of drummers ahead yeah of his yeah time. but that so was this like 94 94 yeah. 94 okay. 90, 93 or 4 yeah so right. but but i just you know again one of my first live shows to hear live improvised music and mm. just being blown away again by like what is going on um and then, and then soon after that, I discovered uh, the love of my life. Huh. <laughs> Herbie Hancock's <laughs> secrets, of course, is the swamp rat. Now, is the love of your life Herbie? Nope. Or the swamp rat? Sweet secrets. <laughs> oh, secrets. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was the actual rat. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I discovered Herbie. I actually discovered Maiden Voyage first. Maybe wow. Imperial Imperian Isles. First. So you didn't come through Rocket like me, because that would have been way before your time. I didn't come. I didn't actually. Yeah. I've never checked out Future Shock. Future Shock came and went fast. I yeah, mean, it was huge. It was like a. Like what are those burning stars? They flash out very quickly. Yeah, no, I I, I didn't know Rocket. I yeah. was before I didn't have. Well, first of all, we didn't have cable growing up, but we didn't. I didn't have MTV. I didn't yeah. know. I was a little too young for it no, to yeah, be on the radio. Been, yeah, that would have been way before your time. So for me, it was her discovering Herbie was probably through Miles and then his own stuff. Yeah, and then falling in love with him acoustically, and then when I heard Secrets. Because remember, I, I think I've told the story before. I went to go get, someone was like, go get the Headhunters. Yeah. I went to Borders to go grab the Headhunter CD. They didn't have it, right. but they had secrets. So this is the one I got. That's so that's so great. Right? Like if I would have got Headhunters, totally different personality. <laughs> <I think. laughs> but see, I just Be fell a cocaine in. dealer. But it was also at the time where I could afford maybe two CDs a month. Right. Right? Because like, right. they were $16. I know. And like I didn't make a lot of money. Right. And so I was buying them on my allowance, I think. So yeah. like there was no way that I was getting, you know, going back the yeah. next week to get something so but what just, a great thing too though like this i think has such a um man i, I really I, I encourage young folks dude our kids will never know that joy i know i'm just gradually appreciating something i know. You know well i just would say for all musicians but you know what it is possible like you can and i wonder is it a thing you know my younger son is like he's big into lps like a lot of you know kids now because it's it's cool or whatever but that does kind of push you into that like enjoying i mean the thing is he can go get you know 20 he, he does he goes up to vintage vinyl gets like 20 classical you know lps for a dollar each 
And so, you oh, know, man, if you're a classical <laughs> vinyl fan, this oh my is, God. today is your day. Sometimes they'll pay you to yeah. take them out of there. Because you know? everybody used to listen to classical music on vinyl, and now nobody does. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's awesome. But I mean, I do think there is a way to consume music the way that we did to learn, to, to like dig deep and to like appreciate. You know, we, we've got to get back to that because that's, you know, one of the most essential elements to totally having these agreed. kind of connections. Agreed. I have so much, actually. There's a lot of like, I remember, you know, a friend gave me like a, a mixtape of Stevie Wonder stuff. Mm. And there's a lot of like B-side tracks on there. I might now have skipped over yeah. on a Spotify playlist or something. Right. And that I love so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's no gr there's no bad Stevie, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah it's like you sure. just you can afford something. You buy it. It's yours now. Yeah. You own it. You can't hear anything else. That's right. You know, so you have to you have to work what, with what you got. That's right. So. That's right. Well, that's really kind of, uh, you know, after discovering Herbie, I, I felt like I found someone who was who is simpatico with my values as a musician. So interesting how both our pet, our origin stories ended with not ended, but like once it got to Herbie, that's like the floodgates open. It's I, true. in a way, you well, know, because I mean, he's had such a career where he's done all this different stuff. Yeah. So you could actually evolve with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you get to something like the Joni letters and you're just like, well, that's mastery at its finest. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is great, man. I mean, I, I feel like I learned something about you. I knew about your connection and love for most of these tracks, but really cool to just hear the kind of chronology and the memories and stuff. So uh, thanks, man. Super fun. Yeah, yeah. Let us know your origin story. Hit us up. Uh, you can leave us a review if you want. What do you got? Well, I was going to say they could also, if you can keep it to two minutes, which obviously neither one of us could do that, our origin story. Yeah. They could leave us a speak pipe. Hit us up on speak pipe and let us know what your first uh, touch with jazz was and what that, that was like for you. Yeah. And the speak pipe is you're going to go to. Isn't it you'll hear <laughs> com? No. Well, I, that might take you there, but you can also do open studio jazz. Slash. Wait, it's www. <laughs> yeah, I always have to test these. I feel like we have them, and then yes, um, openstudiojazz.com/slash/yhi, um, and also you might just mosey on over to openstudiojazz.com/slash/podcast because we want to give a big shout out to you know the Open Studios become a podcast network as totally. it were. We have the You'll Hear It podcast, which is what is all up in your ears right now, but we also have Upright Citizens. Uh, from our friends Bob DeBoo and Ro uh, Ruben Rogers discussing everything upright bass. That's true. So check that out, or if you have any bass friends, that is a lot of fun. So you can see all that at openstudiojazz.com slash podcast. And um, till next episode, you'll hear it.